Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen. I don't want to take any more time because we got a very special guest. As Pastor Cody already mentioned, uh, my mom is going to come and bring the word. Uh, actually, we've been talking the last couple of weeks and praying. And so uh, God had stirred her heart to uh, just to teach on prayer. Uh, obviously, obviously, I felt that was totally of the Lord. And so um, even though it is hard to tell mom no sometimes, it is. It is, Mom. Uh, but I really felt led of the Lord to just totally, uh, absolutely connect with her. We're going to hook our hearts up tonight to the Word. Amen. Continue to do that. We're going to open to receive the Word of God. Um, I love uh, when my mom comes to teach because I remember I was 13 years old when the church was started. God had birthed that in my mom and dad 35 years ago. And so I love hearing her come and bring the Word. She has such depth and love, and she has a heart for this house. Amen. And so I want to invite my mom. Let's give her a big... Um, I don't want to say tree of life. Welcome. That sounds funny, but let's give her a big, come on up, mom. Welcome. There we go. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Is my mic on? There it is. I know it looks like I'm moving in. <laughs> I very, uh, when I get the pulpit, I tell Don, I, you have to give me the time limits and all the new things because in the old days, which they were really old days. You know, in the old days, 35 years ago, we would just go all night. And I, I felt so bad for the children's workers. <laughs> so I'm really thankful to be here with you. Uh, and actually, I'm just going to say this. So we'll just get this out of the way. Uh, last week, I turned 70. And so uh, I'm really glad to be here tonight. Hallelujah. Of course, I have to say this. My sister said, well, the alternative is having dinner with mother because my mom went on to be with the Lord a few years ago. And so I'm glad I'm here too. So we're going to talk about prayer tonight. And uh, I just, uh, you know, I just have to say, if I reminisce, I think that we'll learn some good things from that. Oh, and they told me not to step out there. Sorry. Uh, You know, when we came here, uh, we met in a home and... My husband and I just graduated from Rhema, and it was like this. My husband said, I'm going to preach, and you're going to sing. And uh, I'm like, well, (laughs) maybe I want to preach, and you can sing. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to preach, and you're going to sing. And you realize I didn't sing. And so I just said, okay, and I knew three songs, and that was what we sang over and over and over. But from before we ever came here, we started praying. Before we ever came here, Uh, Before we knew where we were going to go, after we finished Rhema, we were praying, Lord, you direct us, you show us, you order our steps, and you will make the way. And so we came here, and I'd never been to Texas. We had to look on a map to find out where this was. And uh, we just prayed, I mean, because we we didn't know what else to do, but we also knew that was what we needed to do. And I, I have to say this, that I don't think things have changed. I believe prayer is the power, the machinery, if you will, of the church. Uh, I remember years ago, Brother Hagin saying this, uh, some of you don't know him, but had this story about uh, he was uh, pastoring a church and, and uh, he had a visiting minister in and, and uh, the guy was saying, no, I don't know, you have so uh, much, there's so much anointing here, so many people are getting saved and 
And uh, Brother Hagin said, well, you want to know why? I'll show you why. So I took him down in the basement. In those days, they had basements. I, they probably don't have them in Texas. And he took him down in the basement, and he opened the door, and he, there was this little group of women that were praying. And he says, that's why the power of God is so strong here, because these people are interceding. These women are interceding. And so, you know, we just knew that that was the heartbeat of God, and we knew that we were called to do that. And there are many ways to pray. And so Donna just said, asked me to just pray, to teach on what I know. So I have to say this, after all these years, as long as you pray, I think it's great. There's no really right way or wrong way exactly, uh, but you know, God just is looking for the sincerity of your heart. That is what he's looking for. And uh, I have to say that there are uh, many times that I would hear this message and that message and, and they would quote the scripture out of Ephesians, which we will look at in a few weeks, but, uh, and talk about the different kinds of prayer. And I used to get confused about which prayer was what and what prayer I was supposed to pray when. And uh, I just finally figured out that if I just come before God in all humility and sincerity, he would hear my prayer. So if you get nothing else out of that tonight, I just would like you to get that, that God just wants to hear from you. And, uh, and he will, amen? amen. So um, I'm just, I have this book, it's called Adventures in Prayer. It's not my book, it's a friend of mine wrote this book. It's a great little book. It's about prayer, it's not about how-tos or anything like that. It's just about the adventures that she's had in prayer. And so uh, I just, uh, I'm just going to give this to you, okay? Since you're sitting right here so patiently. And uh, I think you'll just really enjoy that book. And uh, another book that I want to recommend, this one, my son's going to be embarrassed, but I have to keep this with me most all times. The Power of Praying for Your Adult Children. <laughs> so even though he's your pastor, he's still my son. And, uh, you know, I'm a mom, and so I need to pray for my kids. I've got, you know, all three of my kids are in the ministry. One down in Leon, Don Ray here, and Amy and Ross in Austin. And so I'm telling you, and we've got another one, uh, Zachary's graduating from ORU in uh, May, and he's going to be in the ministry. So these kids keep me on my knees. And, uh, you know, I pray, and I, just like, like you do for your children, you know, I pray for my kids to walk in all the promises of God in health and peace and in their relationships and with their children and uh, just for them to be strong in the Lord and know God and walk with Him and filled with the power of the Spirit. I mean, just like you pray for yours. But this book, it's just filled with prayers. And I just, I'm not going to give it away because it's all marked up. But it's, uh, I just want to encourage you that if you're just starting out to prayer, you know, it doesn't have to be as hard as you think it is. Just get a book because these are prayers right out of the Word of God. And then she has them for your children, for your husband, your wife. But I think I found a gold mine for my adult children right here. And so I love this book. Now, and this is so crazy, but as I was coming out the door, uh, I'm not giving these away. 
But these are my uh, walking sticks, but I don't use them here. Whoops, this one's not uh, locked in, sorry. Um, but you know, I lived for five years in Colorado and I was at New Life Church for five years and I also taught for Andrew Homex's Bible School, Karis Bible School for five years. And so I did a lot of hiking. And uh, you know, I had these walking sticks. And I just was thinking when I saw them, what a great example. Because the reason they're a great example is because uh, one of these, I think this is the key to prayer. These are three things that I believe are key in your prayer life. Number one is the word of God. Ta-da! <laughs> so this is the word of God, okay? Number two is the spirit of God. You have to have the word and the spirit. A lot of times when I pray, I just open my Bible and I just start praying right out of the word. And listen, if it's a scripture that I don't like, I go to one I do. <laughs> and I go a lot to the Psalms and I just start praying the Psalms. And if you have trouble with your mind wandering while you're praying, which I'm telling you sometimes I can pray and in five minutes, you know, that enemy will tell me to go mow the yard. I haven't mowed the yard in 30 years. I mean, that's the dumbest thing. But you know, your mind will just think of crazy things. So, if you just open your Bible to the Psalms and read a Psalms, it'll still your mind. It'll quiet your mind. And so, this is the word. And uh, actually, I don't know how they, why I can't get it on now. You have little flashlights right here. This is the spirit. And so I lived in Colorado Springs. I lived up actually in the mountains, about 9,000 feet, and I, I liked to hike. I loved hiking. And so when I had time, I would just go hiking in the mountains or through a Garden of the Gods in different places by creeks and things like that, and I loved it. And I would take these for if you know it was gonna be a long hike or whatever. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about in prayer, you know, you wanna, you wanna be stable in prayer. You wanna have stability. And if you have the word and you have the spirit, you're gonna, you're gonna stay on track. But you know something, when you're walking along, I thought about this, and you put your poles down, you're putting these down in the ground. And so there's one more thing, your prayers, and this is super important if you're taking notes, the word and the spirit and the ground has to be love. Yeah. That's good. Has to be love. I mean, I know people who can quote the word and I know people who say they're filled with the Holy Spirit, but I'm telling you something. You, we're here to be effective in prayer. Yeah. Amen? Amen? To be effective. And so this ground has to be love. And if you have those three things, here be. If you have those three things, the word, the spirit, and you're rooted and grounded in the love of God, your prayers are gonna be so powerful. Just watch out because answers are gonna just start coming. And uh, you know, it's not just, uh, you know, in Ephesians, it's a prayer that Paul prayed. You know, Paul was a great prayer. He couldn't even open one hardly a book that he wrote without saying, and I'm praying for you. Grace and peace be unto you. I'm praying for you. 
Well, in Ephesians chapter 3, and the Amplified Bibles, he said that may you be rooted and grounded in love. That love that God has. Now, there, there's love and there's love. And then there's another kind of love. And so, when it talks about the love of Christ, that's what we're to be rooted and grounded. It says, and filled with the wholeness of God and all of his glory will fill your whole entire being. But it's the love of God. And, you know, sometimes I'm not walking in love and I just, I ask God, forgive me, blah, blah. You know, you do that too. And I spent half of my prayer time repenting. And, uh, for this, and I spend the other half repenting, and oh, I mean, have you ever done that? Am I the only one? I just repent and repent, and I think, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry I had that bad thought about that person, I'm sorry. And so, I love that scripture. May you be filled with the love of God, and rooted and grounded in love. Now, sometimes we think, well, um, you know, that I'm just, I'm, I'm walking in love. Well, I just want to, I'm just kind of talking about things that just are just really important in your prayer life. It's the love of God. And let me tell you why it's the love of God. It has to be the love of God. And I ask God, fill me with your love. Reveal to me the things that are in me, Father, that are not pleasing to you, that are not that are not your love, that are selfish or prideful. Just reveal those things to me. But, you know, sometimes when we say, well, you know, I'm, I'm walking in love, I have the mind of Christ and all of this. You know, Jesus sees all of us with love. Every one of us. I mean, he doesn't have any favorite kids. He loves us all the same, but he loves us. And he sees all of us with that God kind of love. He sees us washed in his blood. He sees us forgiven, every one of us. And sometimes that is hard for us. Because I, I, I'll pray, oh, just Lord, okay. Just, I'm having a hard time walking in love with them. And he'll remind me how much he loves them. And he'll remind me that he died for them too. And so, you know, we have to be able to have that in prayer because if we don't, then our prayers become askew. They become, uh, they sort of miss the mark. And so I have found in my life the best way for me to pray for people is to pray the word. Because if I get in there in my own mind, I begin praying what I want not what God wants. And, and that is a whole different thing sometimes. I mean, I begin to pray, try to pray my will. Lord, just move them over here. Or Lord, do this. Or Lord, do that. And I want to say this about that. What is the scripture that we have out here on the wall? Jeremiah 29, 11. What does it say? For I know the thoughts and plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good, to give you a future and a hope. Right? But sometimes we think God needs us to help him on that plan. 
Well, Lord, but I have a plan for them. I have a plan. I want them to do this, and I want them to do that. And uh, I want to play, I want to pray my plan. And so we've got to keep that scripture that's out there on the wall right here on our heart. You know, the word of God says that the word, you know, he, he changed our heart. He gave us a new heart on the inside, amen? And he says that his words were written on our heart. And uh, one of those scriptures is Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, plans for good. So why does God need me to give him another plan? Seriously. I mean, okay, God, listen. Here's the plan. I mean, I feel sort of like it does in the book of Job. Who am I to say, God, I've got a better plan? And the thing about it is that every one of us, uh, the plan that God has for your life is good. For I know the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and hope. So whatever the plan of God is, it's good. Amen? I mean, sometimes we don't maybe feel that or, or whatever, but the word of God is true. I love that song we sing tonight. I just happen to have the message Bible here because I'm trying to become a little bit more modern. And... Uh, it just makes me laugh when I read it, but because it just says things so bluntly. But I'm going to read it to you out of the uh, Message Bible, and I will get to those notes eventually. Jeremiah 29:11 out of the Message Bible. This is what he says: "I'll show up and take care of you as I promised, and bring you back home." You know, he's going to bring him out of captivity. I know what I'm doing. Can you believe God had to tell him that? I mean, he has to tell me that too. Look, I know what I'm doing. He says, I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. Then he says in verse 12, when you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Hallelujah. What a great promise to us. I'll make sure you're not disappointed. I have it all planned out. And you know, this is a really great scripture to pray because The word of God says that, you know, sometimes you can get anxious and so we have to cast our care over on the Lord. How do we do that? I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, what does that mean, casting? You know, this is kind of funny, but you know, I used to teach fly fishing. Is that hysterical? (laughs) And I'm telling you, one of the reasons I enjoyed it was because I love casting. I didn't care about the fish. I just wanted to see if I could, how close I could get to the other side without getting snagged, or if I could get it over by a lily pad, or if I could get it over into a little pool under, uh, you know how the rocks, the water is all turbulent under the rocks, but sometimes there's a little pool. It was just a personal challenge, and I would just cast and very seldom catch a fish. But 
I thought, is that what you mean? Like cast all, throw all my cares over on you? I didn't quite get it. But you know how that we cast our cares over on the Lord? Because honestly, we don't just become absent-minded and forget about those cares. We do right here. We read the word to ourselves. We read the word. And what does that word said? I've got a good plan for you. I've got a good plan for you. I've got it all planned out. It's for good. It's not for failure. It's a good plan. Now, how many of you in here, the devil has already said to you, I'm going to go under. I'm going to fail. I'm not going to make it. I know, don't raise your hand, but I know that the devil tells people those things because he's told me those things. But you know what? I just say, the word of God says, I have a good plan for you. Plan to give you a future and a hope. He's got it all planned out. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, it just takes away that worry because we can cast our care over on him. Did I drop something? Yes, my pen. Sorry. I'll put that right there too. And so, I just want to encourage you that you were created by God to pray. You know why? Because prayer is a conversation. God wants to talk to you. And sometimes we think, well, you know, God doesn't want to talk to me. You know, doesn't he know what I did yesterday? You know what? He does. He's gonna, he knows what you're going to do next week. He knows what you're going to do the next week. But the word of God says that God was in Christ. So our approach to God is through the blood of Jesus. So whatever you've done, whatever you're going to do, those things are paid for by the blood of Christ. He wants to talk to you. Prayer is a relationship with God. And there's no reason to be afraid of that. Some people say, well, I don't want to talk to God because, you know, he might bring up this and he might bring He's not going to do that. The word of God says he has cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. He's cast him into the depths of a sea. Amen? And he's not going to bring him up. We're the ones who bring that up. But remember I said, to get your mind under control, read a psalm. Just read a psalm. It'll help you. Now, I think we could probably start on the other part, the real part of the sermon. And my son's eyebrows just went up three times. <laughs> I wonder what that means. <laughs> Watching the clock, I am. So prayer can be frustrating, and it can be intimidating. And sometimes it can create more questions than answers. Because you'll say, well, I prayed about that, but it didn't happen the way I prayed. I, I know, but I have to say this, that, you know, we've all been disappointed with things that we prayed, things that haven't happened. But the word of God says that he heals the brokenhearted. Amen? And so when those things happen, we just say, Lord, I don't understand. And that's okay, because we're not God, and so we're not going to know all. We just take him at his word. Some questions that we all have, these are questions that I've had, so I just wrote them down. Does it really matter if I pray? Is anybody listening? Does God hear? And if so, why didn't he answer my prayers? I just had a bad thought. 
I didn't read my Bible this week. I got mad at someone. Can God hear someone like me? Yes. You were created to talk with God. You were created to have a relationship and fellowship. And it's, prayer is not a way, listen to me, prayer is not a way for you to get God to do what you want him to do. That is not prayer. Prayer is making ourselves, it's a way of making ourselves more available to the plan of God. It's important we get this. It's a way that we make ourselves more available to the plan of God. Now, as I said earlier, there are different kinds of prayers, and yes, uh, I have to say this, that prayer is more often caught. We used to say this in the old Pentecostal circles. Prayer is caught, not taught. And I have to say that's true, because uh, I, I would do this. I would always find... Like even when we were going to Rama, and I would go to prayer school, I'd find somebody that was older than I was. In those days, it was easier. And, uh, and I would sit by them, and I would listen to them pray because I wanted to know what they knew. I wanted to know how to pray. So I would find somebody that knew how to pray, and I could tell they knew how to pray because they just seemed to have peace. They just had peace. They weren't just like, rah, rah, rah. they had peace. And I would sit by them. And I think that somehow in that trans, there was a transfer that that spirit would get on me. And I loved to pray. And even when I was little, I loved to pray. I mean, I just remember when I was like five and six, I loved to talk to God. And, you know, I, I just know that God loves to hear from you. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't prayers that we pray, which we're going to get to in about three weeks, uh, that are not prophetic. Well, in January. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) There are prayers that we pray that are like prophetic intercessory prayer prayers. And I have to say that uh, when I say that word prophetic, don't let that scare you. All it means is I take the word of God, the promises of God, and I pray those out for my kids. I pray them out for my grandchildren. Before they ever get there, I've been praying about those things because the Lord prompted me on the inside to pray. And so when you say that word, prophetic, intercessory prayers, people just think that we're all just goofy or something. We're not. But we take the word and we pray the word of God. Let's look at Isaiah 55, and I can't even remember what I put on my notes that they have in the, in the booth, in the phone booth. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, since we're here in Isaiah, and I'm not sure I gave them that one, just since we're right here, we're just going to go across the page to this chapter. This is Isaiah 54. I just want to show you, this is a prayer that I prayed for my kids. This is a prayer that I still pray for my kids. 
Verse 13, and I read out of the Amplified Bible. All your children or all your spiritual children shall be disciples taught by the Lord and obedient to his will. And great shall be the peace and undisturbed composure of your children. Now, who wouldn't want that for your kids? You want your kids to walk in the peace and undisturbed composure and obedient to his will. And then you just go on down. These are great scriptures, but let's look at verse 17 of that chapter. But no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. But I put my kid's name in there. No weapon. And you all know that just uh, about two months ago now, the end of September, my daughter Amy, who's married to Ross, (laughs) they live in Austin, got up one morning and she's 46, you're 49, she's 46. Uh, And... uh, She went into the shower about six in the morning getting ready for church, and when she got up out of bed, uh, she felt kind of heavy. She knew something was wrong but didn't know what it was, went into the shower, and she had a stroke. Can you imagine that young? And I mean, we were just like flabbergasted. There's much more, and I don't want to say all of her testimony, but I know this. She couldn't talk, and she couldn't swallow, and her mouth was starting to droop, and she put the wash rag over her face, but she said, Mom, all I remember is in my head, because I couldn't say it out loud, but in my head, I just started calling out, Jesus, Jesus, in my head. And you know, if any of you were at my home last week, and we had this wonderful tea, my daughter was there, she helped, she, she's just fine. And so... You know what, I just think we need to know that God hears and answers prayer. And for you moms and dads, God hears the prayers that you pray for your children. You know, Amy said, I I just prayed, I just said his name in my mind, and God has healed her. And you know what, as soon as they called me, and then I called Don, I started this scripture right here. I said, no weapon formed against my daughter shall prosper in the name of Jesus. I just started speaking out the word of God. No weapon formed against her shall prosper. I mean, I just, that was what came to my mind. No weapon formed against her shall prosper. Those are great scriptures for your children. So, let's look at this for just a minute. Go on down, chapter 55, verse 1. Wait and listen, everyone who is thirsty, come to the waters. He who has no money, come by and eat. Yes, come. Now, let's look down and uh, let's just keep this in mind. Go up to verse 3. Incline your ear, submit and consent to the divine will, and come to me. Here, and your soul will revive. How's your soul going to revive? By hearing from the Lord. And I will make an everlasting covenant in league with you. Sure, mercy, kindness, goodwill, and compassion. And so, that word come. Now, the funny thing is, uh, just that one word, come. Keep a finger here. We'll go back. Turn over to Matthew just a minute. I want to show you something. Matthew 28. I think I don't have that written down right, and we are going to have that scripture. It's not on that page. I'm already through these notes. (laughs) 
Matthew chapter 11, I'm sorry. Verse 28. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. What does it say, the first word there? Come. Come to me. Now, the reason I said that is because of this. You would think, well, why would he say that? Why would he say that word? Come to me. He's there. He's there. He's preaching to them. So why would he say that word, come? I have to say this. My husband is uh, an ER doc, you know. And uh, so sometimes he'll come home and uh, I'll ask him about his day and he'll tell me about his day and then he'll say, well, how was your day? So I'll start talking about my day and I'll just say, you know, well, it was okay. I did this and, you know, I did that and he's just like staring at me. (laughs) Have you ever done that? You can be there and not be there. Do you get it? He's kind of like that sometimes, if you know him. He's kind of there, but he's not really there. (laughs) He's not here tonight, so I can say that. (laughs) But he's thinking about his day. You know, he's looking at me, but he's not really listening to me. And I'll say, hello, hello. And sometimes I think that's why Jesus has to say this here, come. Because he knows that we can come to him and go on automatic pilot and not really be there. And what did I say at the very beginning? God, he just wants a sincere heart. One that's there. One that's fully present. Now, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. How many of you have done that? Okay. Well, we're all forgiven. We have a group forgiveness. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am mean and full of pride and ugly. Is that what it says? Okay, were you doing that? We're here, but we're not here. (laughs) No. So we should not have any fear of coming to God. Why? Because he's just describing right there how he is. Now, I want to say something. This is hard for some people. And I will say it was hard for me. And I will tell you just a little bit of why it was hard for me. Because, you see, my dad, my father, left when I was five. I never saw him again the whole rest of my life. He came home at the very end of World War II, and we were stationed up in the state of Washington at Fort Lewis. And uh, he didn't come home one day. He had gotten out of the Army, and one day he just didn't come home. He never showed up. And we waited, we waited, we waited, we waited. I mean... You just can't imagine the trauma for a five-year-old and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're just there. Nobody shows up. So we waited and we waited and we waited for a couple of months and he never came back. We never heard from him. Seriously, never heard from him the rest of my life. And he's gone on now. So you see, uh, you know, then I got, you know, I went to school and then, you know, I graduated and then I got married and I had kids and I... 
You know, I had all these special times in my life, but you know, he was never there. So you understand why it's kind of hard for me sometimes to say, Father. Or when he says, come, I'm like, well, let's see. Are you really there or are you not there? I mean, sometimes you think, well, here's my report card and I can check off everything today. So now maybe you'll be there and like me. I mean, you know, kids think the craziest thing sometimes. We have to be very careful about how we talk to them and how we treat them. Because they, it, it, for them, it comes out indifferent than maybe what you intended. So this was hard for me just to come to him with open arms and trust him because my earthly father, I had never been able to do that. And so, I mean, is, the, is Jesus so wonderful? He says, look, this is my paraphrase, I'm not like that. This is how I am. I am meek and humble and gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, or pressing, comfortable, gracious, and pleasant, and my burden is light and easy to be borne. So I said this to say, maybe you are afraid to go to God. Maybe you think God is a hard taskmaster. Maybe you think God's mad at you. Maybe you think God's keeping score. Maybe you can't check off all the boxes on your scorecard. I'm telling you, he's not like that. He just described right here how he is. And what does he say? He says, come. But he doesn't say, just come and think of other things, do your grocery list, uh, think about a conversation you're going to have later. He's just saying, bring your whole heart. Be present with me. And we need to because it will help us. Look in, back in Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55, verse 8. So, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways, says the Lord. My ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than yours. For as the rain comes down from heaven and returns not but waters the earth, make it bring forth and sprout, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void without producing any effect or useless, but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I have sent it. So you see, these, our thoughts can be changed. We can have his thoughts. And we have his thoughts by speaking the word of God. It's like planting a seed, even planting a seed in prayer. And it will prosper where you send it. Listen, I did not know that Don Ray was going to end up being a pastor. I didn't know that. I didn't know that Jeff would end up in Mexico as a missionary. And pastoring a church. I didn't know that. I didn't know Ross and Amy would be pastoring up in Austin and I didn't know that. 
but I planted those seeds in prayer that they would be obedient to the will of God. Whatever God's will was, that they would be obedient to the will of God. And the word of God came back. It prospered where I sent it. It prospered because it was the word of God. So I just want to encourage you tonight. Pray the word. Be present when you pray. Don't forget, this poll is the word. This poll is the spirit. And the ground we send forth our prayers in is love. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for all of these here tonight. I thank you, Lord, that they have come out to hear your word and to learn more about prayer, which is just more fellowship with you. Thank you, Lord, that you are stirring within us prayer, that you are stirring us up to prayer, that we are creating a culture of prayer, that we are creating a culture of prayer, and that we will all just abandon ourselves to the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and start praying the will of God. Because I know it's your will, Lord, for all men to become saved. I know it's your will. I know Jesus died for everyone. And we want to see them come into the kingdom of God. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for every person here. And I thank you, Lord, that they will have a renewed desire to pray. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.